Elf. Ah, so what are they gonna? Oh, that was loud. Um, what are they gonna do? Like, what do you do at the Obama portrait? I don't know. Who are you going I'm, with? I'm going with Brian Ricardo, Ruben, and Meryl. Oh, those cast of characters. Yeah. <laughs> it was a beach idea, basically, and Wait. Brian organized it. It's an idea you have at the beach when people look Oh. I, then... I mean, I'm not, like, making fun of it. I just don't... Is it just to look at, um like, paintings or... Like, you... you I don't know. I guess I can Google it, but I just feel so lazy. Yeah, same. I have no idea what the exhibit will be around them, if there'll be any sort of like contextualization of these portraits. Um, But then we'll also go around to the rest of the Brooklyn Museum. Oh, it's in the Brooklyn Museum. Oh, there's the Dior exhibit, too. That's also what we're going to. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Dior is a designer. Oh, Dior, like D-I-O-R. Yeah. Okay. I know, yeah, I mean I What kind of clothes do they make? Fancy. Fancy clothes? Do they make men's yeah. clothes? Yeah. Okay. Tall skinny men. Oh, that that's just not happening then. <laughs> For average height chubby dude, that's just not gonna happen. I mean they definitely don't make um average height fat as hell chick clothes, so <laughs> we'll see so fuck them is what i'm saying yeah no i i mean i love high fashion stuff it just you know it yeah like i mean it's like in devil wears prada where they give that example of how how it bleeds down into mass-produced fashion yeah like it does influence what we wear but i mean i i do love i love fashion just for you know the artiness of it all but um not in a like hey i'm gonna i want to go put that on yeah, well, it just reminds me of, like, Zoolander. <laughs> like, how crazy and insane that shit is. Or even, yeah. like, I don't know. Have you, have you ever seen that Eddie Murphy movie, Boomerang? I don't think so. He's, like, an advertising ex- executive. And, you know, um, oh, what's her name? Oh, Grace Jones is, like, a client. Oh, okay. And, or something along those lines. And, like, she has this, like, perfume coming out. And they come up with this like crazy ad where she's like, like wearing this like I think I think it was a wicker basket and she's pregnant, and <laughs> then she like goes through this like what seems like a very violent birth and then gives birth to the perfume. Okay. And everyone's like, I think disgusted by it. And I think if I'm not if my memory served me correctly, she's like perfect. Like this is what she wanted all along because like she's a tough client. Okay. I don't know. That's what I just pictured, like someone wearing like this weird wicker basket. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, that could happen for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's like the big thing of um, people. Have you seen where people have those sort of um, like boning cages? Yes. That they wear over stuff now. That's that's a big thing. That's when you said wicker basket. That's what I thought about. Yeah. Or like garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, to me, it's it's. I know it is like an art to it, and people sometimes I think people are just saying "fuck you" and like let me see what I can get away with. Yeah. And then when I think about all the stress behind the scenes, it's like, I, well, if you're just gonna put garbage bags on people, why why are you so stressed? <laughs> but because it was it was an innovative garbage bag. I know it's not. Listen, it's it, there's stress at everybody's job, so <laughs> not mine. <laughs> Mine's good. No yeah, complaints. Can... The end. It's just like the person who's like, you know, coming up with like arts and crafts for like the kids and like it's supposed to be fun, but then it's like this, the back end is all stressful. <laughs> <laughs> or let's say Christmas that like every mom hates. <laughs> wow. Well, that's what I hear. I mean, it can be very difficult for them. Well, listen. Don't raise selfish pricks. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. No, seriously. Oh, my goodness. That was that was tough. <laughs> Walk in the broken corners. <laughs> oh, I'm a Mondo. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Karen. You are. You definitely are a Karen. <laughs> it sounded like you said, I'm a Mondo. I know the, what you said. Well, I, I, well yeah. I mean. 
you go yeah. by Mondo in some circles. I well, because I, I just you know I just appease the lazy people who can't say three syllables. Yeah. So I'm just like, fine. I'm not gonna have this conversation again. <laughs> um, it's kind of droopy today. It is. And- I'm not droopy. I'm exhilarated. <laughs> but yeah. I'm still I'm still happy it's fall, but it definitely like I woke up today and I was like, oh, it's the gray fall now. Yeah, it's it's, but it's definitely just rainy. yeah. It's not it's not it's not pleasing. <laughs> uh, it's not because it's like um, I had this like you know on 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 the Apple Watch you could choose like different faces uh-huh. like like you could have like cool stylistic ones you could have like you know just things that tell you different pieces of information. So I had like found one that was really cool and it was like it could tell you like the um sunset and sundown mm. and would also tell you like the length of the day. Yeah. And then I when as I started to watch like it was getting shorter and shorter, I was like, this is the fucking pressing. I don't <laughs> I don't right. want this. So I changed it. <laughs> so I didn't want it anymore. You can't handle the truth. I really can't. I really can't. So <laughs> But this week, we're going to talk about a show that you recommended, an episode that you recommended, which was surprisingly pleasant. Really? Yeah. I'm, I know. I'm going to shock the shit out of you on this one. <laughs> wow. I, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I felt I like not. you were going to fall off your chair. <laughs> Um, yeah, I picked an episode of MASH, um, and it, it's from, what, the ninth season? Yeah, it was season nine, episode six, and it's called A War for All Seasons. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, it was the 200th episode of the oh, show. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, um, which I didn't realize when I picked it. I picked it because I remembered the thing about the creamed corn. Mm. Um, and I, I loved MASH so much that I it was hard to pick an episode, but for some reason this one stuck out to me and I thought might give like a little a little you know, intro to the characters a bit. Yeah. Or, um or at least a little time with each one of them instead of being focused on, you know, just one or two people in the cast. Um What yeah, what did you what did you think? Well, when you pitch this, you know, I'm not really, and I, I've said in the past that, you know, I, I've never watched Smash. It always, you know, when you when you said that thing, when you brought up the statement, I think Laura Lapkus said about that Dusty Ellis show. Yeah. I totally shared that sentiment. And like, <laughs> I really thought that like MASH was like, <clears throat> like just an old people, show, like just seemed old. Right. It's so yeah. grainy. It is so grainy. And it's also like. You know, like the, it, this is like all these shows when I grew up, and you know, when I was watching Mash, it was already on syndic- in syndication and like on late oh, at totally. night. Oh, totally. Me too. Yeah. So, like, I, it to me, there was two things that reminded me of like really old stuff, and like the emergency room because every time I would go to the emergency room, it was it was on late at night. I felt like if I listen, I'm a kid. I don't have much concept of time then, but it felt like it was on like at two in the morning all the time. How many times did you go to the emergency room? All the time. For what? Oh. Um, like if like I had a lot of ear infections when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, and I had several instances of um what I thought was appendicitis. Okay. Just turns out I had to take a shit. Uh oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, so there was there was I I don't know how many, but there was a lot of trips to the emergency. Room. Gotcha. <clears throat> so it was always on. Yeah, yeah, it was on room. like it was on at eleven o'clock um, on ABC where I lived mm. every night my entire childhood. So it was always this kind of solid thing that was there, and then we taped it okay. off, and so we had just tape after VHS tape. Mm-hmm. I talk about like the the graininess. Like I just I can remember the the waviness of those tapes. Oh God! Yeah, you, you had to fix your tracking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like sometimes uh, when my mom tried to like get 
not tape the commercials mm-hmm. during it and so then you know you'd come in at the wrong part or like you pause it and you, yeah yep. that was so funny <laughs> i mean it really really was it was like you i i gave up on pausing and i would just record the commercials like anything yeah. you know um because just because because I, I hated we missing just, we were just trying to cram more episodes on one tape yeah, I mean, commercials do add up because, I mean, that's eight minutes pretty much or seven minutes. Yeah. So, for sure. No, but we watched we watched MASH all the time. I definitely um, didn't watch it while it was originally airing um, because that was a long time ago. Let me see. MASH, 1972 to 1983 is when it aired. Which is crazy, right? Like a three-year conflict lasted 11 years right right because so the show was about the korean conflict but it was really it was like a platform for them to talk about vietnam right um but without it being as controversial because they weren't technically talking about it yes hello (laughs) also not for nothing (laughs) hello i i um (laughs) I, I I always initially thought it was about Vietnam. <clears throat> oh, okay. Until I found out that it wasn't. Yeah, I was. It took me a long time when I was a kid to understand what the Korean conflict was. Um, yeah. So Mash Mash stands for M A S H. It's an acronym, and it stands for Mobile Army Service Hospital Service or Surgical Surgical Hospital. Um, and so it's these people who are just you know like out in the middle of nowhere in the countryside of South Korea and they're they're where the casualties are brought by helicopter and by army truck um, after the people at the front get injured and then they do basically like triage style surgery they call it they always call it meatball surgery um, on them to get them stabilized enough to either go back to the front or to have to go to Seoul or be sent back to the U S if they're, you know, too injured to fight again. And it's such a, this was a cool episode to me because, um, there, there wasn't a whole lot of surgery in it. Um, but it was, they, they broke out from their normal format of, um, you know, having a couple of days or a week instead, this covered a whole year. Yeah. And it went from new years to new years and so you kind of would hit these major holiday points, you know, every five to 10 minutes into the episode that showed the progression through the the year of what was happening. And it was sort of bookended by the New Year's celebr- or New Year's Eve celebration of Colonel Potter saying, you know, may next year be a damn sight better than this one. And may we be home for it. And the first time when you hear it at the start of the episode, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll be home. And then at the end of it, it's just like, oh, God damn it. You said that last year. Right. It's, it's yeah. There's not happiness or. It's... Yeah. It, it's it's really melancholy. And then in Colonel Potter is the second um, commanding officer that you've had in the TV series at that point, you know. So it's who, it's not like. Who was the first? Uh, Henry Blake, McLean Stevenson. Oh, I don't know. The fuck that, I, don't, I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> the only thing I was, I was surprising when I was looking up some things, I, I, I didn't realize that Trapper John was a spinoff. Yeah. But then I was like, you didn't even watch Trapper John, Amando. So why do you care? Right. But I remember I, the show. Yeah. I had this exact conversation with Brian where he was like, I had no idea Tra- Trapper John came from that. And then we were both like, God, what was Trapper John? I had no idea. <laughs> I know Trapper John MD was a thing. It was. It totally was. Yeah. Because the, the dude who played Trapper John was um was kind of like a hot football player guy. In oh, was real he? Life. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure why he left the show. But he left kind of abruptly, I guess. Like they, he he left in between seasons to the point where they had to like uh, write it into the show that Hawkeye never got to say goodbye to him, Ellen mm. Alda. Yeah. Um. Wayne Rogers, that was that guy's name. 
But yeah, so it's this episode you had the there were kind of the through lines of like the holidays, but then you also had um another big thing was the Sears catalog. Yes. <laughs> that because it starts out with uh Margaret, who's the head nurse, hot lips, she's called sometimes, wanting to uh Why is she why is she called hot lips? Because she's, you know, she's interested in the gentleman. Oh, okay. So she likes to give the BJs. Ian, they did not talk about BJs. BJs were not, they were a thing, but you did not talk about them at this point in time. Yeah, I didn't I didn't say she had DSLs. Hot lips. So, well, it's either one of two things. She had a, you don't like to give the BJs, or she has uh, chlamydia or syphilis, oh, or one no. of the STIs that we love, not love, yeah, like it, that we love it, to talk about. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? Okay, so I love the TV show, but I did not love the movie. And I, anytime I tried to watch it when I was younger, I stopped. Okay. Because I think it was so, the character, it was so misogynistic. Okay. And, and there definitely there was misogynistic stuff, especially more at the start of the TV show. Right. Um, and, and Hot Lips was kind of part of that because she was, she was involved with this. She's a major. She's the, in, uh, and then she was involved with Frank, who was also the major. He was the second in command in the mm-hmm. camp. Okay. And so, but he was a bad surgeon and she was a nurse. So then you would have like Hawkeye and First Trapper and then BJ, who they were all just captains, but they were much better surgeons. Mm-hmm. And so even though they were outranked by these other two, they still sort of ran the show. How much does the movie and the show differ? I think a lot. Okay. I think a lot. And so I think the, so the hot lips thing, like in the beginning, um, Margaret hot lips was, she was like really irritating and really shrill. And also just, she was having an affair with this married doctor. Okay. And then once he left the show and I think once Alan Alda became an EP and started writing and directing stuff, she Mm. kind of turned into a more normal person. Like she is much more low key and less cartoony in this Mm. episode than she was in the early years. Okay. Are the same characters in the movie from the show? I think so. And are they the same actors? No. Okay. No, that was a Robert Altman film. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not. I haven't read about that about how they decided, like what happened when they decided to make the TV show, and if there was any gotcha crossover. But so I, I might be wrong about some of that. But I think the, I do think the characters were mostly the same. And the movies were, oh, the movie, not like they had sequels. Mash two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, the movie Mash two, Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Match two, China Beach. Um, oh, right. The movie was like more serious than the show. No, I, just, people who liked it think it's funny. Oh, okay. I just thought it was. I just thought it was really nasty <laughs> to, to women in a way that even as a little kid, I was just like, "That's not funny." Fuck yeah. you. Well, I mean, it would be true to life. The medical profession is not very yeah <laughs> friendly and, to women. Right, and the army wasn't either. Yeah, right. Yeah. But in this setting, the nurses were, you know, such a, like, a crucial part. Yeah. But I mean, they yeah. definitely, um, some of, like, some of the nurses, Margaret was always there, and then there were a few other nurses that you always saw um, that you knew their names, and every so often they'd have an episode. But then a, a lot of the time, even on the show, the nurses were, like, rotated in and out to be like you know the new pretty one would be alan alda's you know plaything for a little bit so he was a he was a play because they did they didn't really showcase his playboy ability i guess here in this episode <laughs> yeah but he's the one on the show that's that that grabs all the the new ones huh yeah okay yeah and uh well because the his friend BJ. He's the EP. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he always was from the beginning, but um, but in Trapper John also was even like he was always macking on chicks, even though he was married. Gotcha. But then this BJ um, who replaced him was faithful to his wife, mm. so he was not messing with the ladies. Seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> Seems like it could have been fun, guys. Hey, guys. 
um oh but so yeah like the the sears and roebuck catalog it starts with margaret wants to order a winter coat that some of them have because the army hasn't um that's always a through line on the show how they never have the supplies they need Mm -hmm. um so even though it's winter time in korea she doesn't have the army hasn't given her a coat um and so but then Klinger, who's the company clerk he's traded the catalog to another unit to get the um the decorations for the party and so he's like well there'll be another catalog around valentine's day so then the after you know that's the next cut is to valentine's day um and everybody's fighting over the new catalog and but of course they don't have winter coats anymore because it's the spring summer catalog um but I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. The whole, just how reliant you would, you would be on, on a mail order catalog to get anything that you needed, you know, yeah. like you could order stuff through the military requisitions, but um, you know, I think the, I think especially the Sears catalog, that was so such a big part of American life for so long. Yeah. I mean, I, it was funny. I was, I was wondering, like, how long, like, would it take to get over there? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it would probably take. You'd probably order something, and six months later, it would come. Yeah, so I was wondering how they got, how they got their coat so quick. They had just they had probably ordered it when the the winter cat fall winter catalog came out like six months before, right? Yeah, the, the only time I remember the the Sears catalog was for Christmas. Yeah, me too. I had no interest in any other one. Was there anything you had your eye on in particular? Everything. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean you had cuz they would like I don't know, that, that must have been a fun job whoever like set up the toys and took pictures. Mhm. Like they had like all the GI Joes and they had Transformers, He-Man. Yeah. And all the all the cool toys of the of the year. I was always obsessed with um that do you re- do you remember seeing there there were these giant Barbie heads that were like the size of a regular human head? Uh huh. It, it was just the head and the shoulders, and then like you could style it yes. however you wanted to. Yes, I do remember that thing. That's what I really, really wanted, but I don't think I ever even asked for it. I just wanted my I just wanted my mom to somehow figure out that I wanted it because mm. I knew if I asked for it, she'd be mad. Um. But I really, I wanted it for so long. It was really, it was unreasonable how many years I wanted it for. Mm. Um, and I don't even like shit like that. You just want the decapitated head in your room. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the toy. It wasn't the hair. It was just a need for decapitated head. I know. I just imagine it, like once it came, I would be like, oh, I don't want to do this thing's hair anymore. You know, like I probably would have, you know, been really into it for a week and then over it. Which is funny because probably if you had just got like the mannequin head for like a beauty school, it would have been cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know there were such things. I know the way they should have just sent me to cosmetology school. Yeah, it's it's good. I never I never said I wanted it. Um, because I would be bad at that. I would be bad at that. I don't know, everyone. You know, hey, you know, I, uh, now you just watch a YouTube video. Yeah. That's how I know I'm bad at it. <laughs> yeah. I have watched YouTube videos. I'm like, oh nope, that doesn't look like it when I do it. Um, I actually did some reading, a, a little bit of reading about catalogs. Okay, like they go all the way back to the 1400s. 1400s? Yeah, I mean, initially it was almost it was more like a menu. Okay, because you would you like they would print out what they had and you would select from it. Yeah. And apparently the first person to do the mail order concept was Benjamin Franklin. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah. He, that fucker was innovative. He was. He did a lot of weird shit. Yeah. So, yeah. So there were, I, I think the first catalog um, in the 1400s was a list of, of books that were available mm. um, at, a, at a printing press. You could, you know, select which one you wanted and they would print it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then seed catalogs were a big thing. <laughs> oh, they still are in this house. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just, you know what the plant looks like. Just pick a goddamn thing. Like, what, you really need to set catalog for this? 
Yeah. What do you want? Roses? All right, roses. What do you want? Uh, whatever the hell name. You're just like, it's a plant. The it's a plant. You, oh, you want peppers? Peppers. You get peppers. <laughs> I don't know. I learned something in a video this week. Um, do you know what paprika is? I know the seasoning. I don't know like if there's yeah. like an origin behind that seasoning. Well, it's it's actually I always thought it was, you know, the ground up something of a particular plant. Okay. But it's it's like a whole category and it um it's any ground up dried chili. So that's why like you've got smoky paprika and sweet paprika. Like it's it all depends on what kind of chili it is and where it's grown. Um, what it's going to taste like. So the like right. the basically chili powder is paprika. It's just paprika that's guaranteed to be hot. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And chili is a pepper, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's any um, capsicum. And capsicum. <laughs> <laughs> And spicy. What? Uh. And the words, would you say spicy? <laughs> All I well, hear are five women singing. Um, <clears throat> what is is? <laughs> uh, oh, Spice Girls. I yeah, gotcha. You got me? I gotcha. Ah, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. This is video game uh, Red Dead Redemption, and you go, you go into the, the general store and you order stuff through this old timey catalog because it's like a western, mm-hmm. it's like the turn of the century stuff. And it's like, you know, they really kept it like you can buy like, like the pictures look just like they. I would I would imagine how they were back then. It's like oh, except it's instant. It's you don't have to wait. Oh okay. But it's just really fun to go through the catalog and see like what pants you want. If you want a gun, if you want this, if you want that, do you want a bait for your fish line so you can go fishing? yeah you know stuff like that there's a there's a game i used to play especially when i was sick because it's so gentle it barely counts as a game um called niko matsui Mm -hmm. that is a this japanese cat game yes where like you just feed the cats and then they leave you um they leave you gifts which are uh like able you can use them as currency Mm -hmm in their little in their little shop and so it's totally that catalog experience where you're like okay i could get this i could get this i could get this what do the cats want yeah and like you can you can (laughs) as you accumulate more shit then you can either intentionally set things out in you know to like (laughs) make it make it look how you want or you can just arbitrarily have them throw your stuff out into a configuration Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I would love to do this with my apartment. <clears throat> Just like hit a button and it all rearranges. Hell yeah. We're not there yet, but soon. Yeah. Just have to be careful. It doesn't <laughs> rearrange you. I know my Google speaker is listening to me right now being like, oh, she wants it. We'll do it. Yeah. We will destroy her. Not yet. No. We're but not there yet. No. They're like, how do we, how do we continue to get her money if we destroy her it's such a good question it really is um i one thing that makes me insane about catalogs now is like if i order clothes from somewhere i like i order it online because duh right right and then they fucking send me catalogs right i was like why are you sending me catalogs I mean, there's only a few catalogs. I, li- I like to look at like a Crate and Barrow catalog or a an Ikea catalog is fine. And this is one, I think it's called Home or something. It's like really fancy and, and expensive. But like the catalog is like thick. It's like a fucking... Thick. Yeah, it's got some like pages. Um, <laughs> it's got three C's. I forgot the name of it, but it's really cool because it's like really like, they, you know, they put their time into like designing it's mostly for furniture right so i like to look mm. at the furniture stuff uh, i don't need a catalog for clothes like you said i just go online and do that yeah it's a waste of paper they ought to you know the i'm a i'm always obsessed with the um 
the drive up bank shoots where like if you drive into the lane that's not right at the side of the bank yeah there's the tube that shoots over Mm -hmm. you should just have catalogs delivered through those kind of tubes right to your bathroom just for efficiency you know yes and then you have like a recycling slot also there or just wipe no yeah i don't know i don't know (laughs) i'm trying to see how this is gonna go I don't know. It's just an idea. It's okay. just I'm. In, I think today's the key of the the um, keyword for today's episode is innovation. Yeah, and that's an idea. Oh, which actually is a great tie-in to the fact that one of the things that uh, the runners through the course of the show is that um, Hawkeye and BJ develop um, a kidney machine using like using things that they order um from the sears and robot catalog Mm -hmm. um because there's only there's only one what do you call it is it a dialysis machine or it's It's, they call it a kidney machine but i think it is a dialysis because it seems like it's cleaning the blood yeah as soon as i said kidney machine i felt like an idiot but that's what they said they do say that okay um where like they talk about the real life guy who's actually invented one um and i think bj is like how are we supposed to do this and hawkeye says well we just follow what the other guy did you know it's not like we're inventing it we're just figuring out how to build it how to replicate it yeah yeah so that was that was a cool one so you excuse me you get to see them you know use it on a patient by the end of the year um which you know i don't know what the liability on that is there was no liability. It's war. It's war. That's <laughs> war. No, that was, I mean, that was a thing in the show where like they would have to make dis- decisions while triaging of mm-hmm. like sometimes there was some episode where um, like Hawkeye had to, he, this uh, kid had a really damaged leg and he ended up amputating it and the leg was actually savable, but they didn't have the time to do the surgery. Mm. So there was, yeah, I don't know. So putting putting a kid in a Sears and <laughs> Sears and Warbuck Roebuck Roebuck, um, yeah, I think I can. I was putting some Annie in there, some Daddy Warbucks, um, yeah, putting putting them in a like a kid in a homemade kidney machine was like nothing, right? Like renal failure, renal failure, it's fine. You're gonna die anyway. Yeah, there's you can't sue the army. No. I mean, Just end up in a hole somewhere probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, just end up in a body bag. Don't be so grim. My god. Yeah, hurts my hurts. Um, what else happened? Does anything else stick out at you that Oh, uh, the 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 baseball game that they were the the 1951 season for the Dodgers, which was basically they were they had a, a, a commanding lead going into the end of the season, and then so what's his name Klingon Klinger what what's his name <laughs> Klinger yeah the clerk he's um taking all these bets and everyone's getting in on it and then who's the who's who's the, was he the major yeah so Charles um one of the surgeons he's really rich he comes from a rich boston family yeah he starts like i guess kind of like um financing the bet expect, right expecting to win all this money um but then you know the if anyone follows baseball the 51 season is the dodgers uh do not uh end up making it i like how you're afraid to spoil it right now <laughs> From a game that happened seventy years ago. Well, it's well, it's it's the, the the Giants win the pennant call. It's like the most famous, like, like one of the most famously historical broadcasting calls. Like you know, it's called the shot around the world or something like. Oh, that. really? Yeah, it's 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 what like you know, histor- baseball historians always you know, like you know the, the Giants win the pennant. It's like this big thing. Um, so I was like, oh, I, at first I was like, is this the, the, it took me a minute and I had to look it up like, oh yeah, it is this. And I was waiting for the, I was wondering if they were going to, you know, have the call played since they were, you know, going through the whole year. Mm-hmm. And they did. And I was like, <laughs> oh, took me back to 51. Nice. 
I mean, what's funny about it in the context of the show is that Charles is such a snob. He's such a highbrow. Like, he loves classical music. And he's just always very, like, oh, you plebeian, whatever, you know, um, with his, like, mid-Atlantic Boston accent. And then, and then by the end of it, he's just obsessed with baseball because he's bet so much money on it. Yeah, he has a vested interest. <laughs> um, the other thing I always remember from this is the uh, the creamed corn. Oh, where like Father Mulcahy, um, through the seasons, he grows a garden, and one of the things he grows is sweet corn, and they're so excited to have the sweet corn at their Fourth of July picnic. And then, you know, and he's like rhapsodizing about getting, you know, getting butter on his cheeks and how he's going to chomp on it on the cob. And then he gets up in the line at the mess hall and the the new cook has creamed it. How do you cream corn? Like, what do you put in there to cream it? Uh, like cream and butter, probably some flour uh, to thicken it. It's Okay. It's, okay. I got you. Yeah. So like. I mean, it is kind of dumb that he would take the time to cut it off the cob. That's pretty labor intensive. Uh, but I mean, he acted like he was doing them a favor. Right. Like he was making them something fancy. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, oh, next year I'll let you eat it off the cob for all I care. But it was, it, yeah, it's funny because it was such a, supposed to be like a special treat because it was fresh. And then instead he takes it and turns it into something where like, it was like they could open one of their like 10 pound industrial cans of cream. Plop it out. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever had cream corn. Uh, it's been a long time for me. I mean, I've mostly, I think the last time I had it was Holly made like one of her North Dakota casserole things for a party one time that was like, a creamed corn and saltine casserole. Mm. <laughs> it, you know, it was, it was sorry. Good. It was, sorry, it was... Holly, I just <laughs> it's ooh. oh, I just mm. the main thing. If if I were like, if I almost bought some when I made the chili the other week because I almost bought a can of it to put in the cornbread. Okay, because that's a that's like a hack to make cornbread you know, moister and give it more flavor. Um, but I did not do that. And I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> that, it, was, no, it was really good. And I think it was perfect the way it was. And I think uh, cream corn would have just <laughs> made it corn with cream. Yeah. No, I, I just used Jiffy. I can't take any credit on that. I just used Jiffy and added some yogurt to it. Oh, the little blue box? Yeah, little yeah. blue box. Those are good. Yeah, that's what I grew up with. <laughs> I mean, I can make it from scratch, but it was, I was just I like, mean, yeah, let's get the 79 cent box. Not for nothing. So I've made cornbread from scratch and it's not that much different <laughs> from the Jiffy thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's a reason why it's classic, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's what maybe, no, cause you put eggs in that too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, eggs oh, you and... know what it is? You don't put the baking powder right yeah that's yeah it it comes it comes with all the the dry ingredients already in there so yeah it's the same shit (laughs) um i was another another runner through this episode is that um margaret starts knitting and in the beginning it's a pot holder and then it becomes a scarf and then it becomes a sweater and then it becomes a blanket yeah (laughs) like by the last by the end of the episode where they're back at New Year's, you know, she's sitting with Colonel Potter, like with it, the blanket draped over both of their laps. Um, and I, when I used to work on the, um, at the different, you know, historic sites that I worked at, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a good knitter at all. Um, but I would always have like a knitting project that I would say was a scarf. <laughs> Because then that way I could like let I could show little kids how to knit and let mm. them do it. And then when they fucked it up, I didn't care because it wasn't like it was something I was really going to wear, you know? Right, right, right. So I would end up with these just gigantic holes in this. Um, it was it was this purple, not at all historic yarn that I was using. It was this variegated yarn, but I can still picture that. The but the little kids got such a kick out of it, you know? Yeah. It was just, cool to have something to demonstrate with 
Now, what's the difference between knitting and crocheting? So knitting is when you have the two sticks okay. with a, with, that are sort of pointed at the end. And you cross them to sort of um, create like a, a knot kind of structure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then crocheting is one hook. It Well, it's, a, it's one stick that has a hook at uh-huh. the end. And you use that to pull loops in and out. And that's what creates a chain. Okay. So yeah, crocheting is basically a variation on a chain. Gotcha. Um, I like crocheting more because the um like with crocheting and knitting the tension of the yarn are a big thing and i could never get the tension right on knitting okay because if you do it too tight then the next row that you go on to you like can't even hardly get the sticks get the needles in okay um it whereas with crocheting for some reason i i never i didn't do that what if yeah. you just get smaller sticks <laughs> And then it just progressively gets tinier, it, tinier. Right? Yeah, it turns into a triangle. <laughs> your your finished product. Now, what's the one with the the banjo? Not the banjo with the um uh, the ten, tambourine one that you the, the oh the, embroidery embroidery. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, embroidery embroidery is like where you you have a hoop. And the hoop has two two pieces, so like a slightly smaller hoop within a larger one. And so you put the fabric down on the smaller hoop, you put the bigger one over it, and it traps the piece of fabric between the two. And then you can, there's a tightener mm-hmm. on the outside so that it stays together. And then because, you know, you've got the tension across the hoop, you can, um, you can use, you know, embroidery, floss, or yarn. Uh, to sew, you know, up and down on the piece of fabric and to basically create patterns mm-hmm. with it. So you could, you know, you can do flowers, you can do letters, you can do all kinds of things. Okay. Now, what's the one that you have to get a loom? No, I'm <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, um, but no, I'm not going to. Fine. So we'll, we'll, Be we'll, yeah, we'll save that for Broken Corners season 98. <laughs> Looms. What are they good for? <laughs> Is it a harp? <laughs> a harp. <laughs> um, where do my pants come from? The <laughs> end. Uh, and then the, the planet explodes. Well, it's funny because I was listening to that podcast you had recommended, Cocaine and Rhinestones. And he, for some... He goes off on like a tangent, but somehow brings it back to the music and whatever. So he went off on this tangent regarding like um, how like cowboy style, you know, initially came from like Spain and Mexico, like the, you know, the like. Vaqueros. Yeah, exactly. Like and how like the, all those styles were basically for necessity, not really for style, just because like, you know. Yeah, it was functional. Exactly. It was functional. So like he goes off into this whole thing and I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. And I was like, could you imagine a whole like, like there are people who like, you know, basically spend their whole like time researching this. And like, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. But like, I don't know. I oh, like, yeah. We called it material culture. In yeah. Museums. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I have the interest for to, to do to make this a career. No, it was funny. Like people would come into the historic homes, you know, or wherever it was that I was working, and they would kind of try to stump you. They would ask a question about you know some specific piece of something in the in the historic site, and mm-hmm. it would just, and then they would be kind of shocked when you had an answer. Oh, stump me! I stump you. <laughs> You're stumped because you got to stand here now because you asked me a question. I will tell you all the things. <laughs> Try to stump me. <laughs> I stump you. you. Dare you. Um, Mash, mash, mash. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out, um, because remember like back on our first episode this season when we talked about the Bicycle Man, that Different Strokes episode? Yes. Uh, where it was about molestation right and but they kept the laugh track in yeah and it was so awkward definitely 
So with MASH, what they would do is they would drop the laugh track out during the surgery scenes. Mm-hmm. And that that was good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I was reading something about it where they said that, um, and it did make me think of the bicycle man. They were like, no, we, like they like legit went in and put like a set of hard no on that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, why, why couldn't like different strokes do that? Or was the thinking that, you know, this is like really intense and let's try to create some nervous laughter type situation. I I kind of wonder if they just didn't uh if they just didn't think about it how because that episode that was that was the first special episode you know like hard topic for a sitcom right and I I wonder if they just didn't although it was the, it was the same thing on the the Tom Hanks episode of Family Ties we looked at where he was hammered all the time uh where it was so the laughing was so awkward yeah I wonder if they just didn't, it didn't occur to them to like deviate from their, their standard way of doing it. I, the thing about the, the, the drunk portion, I, I think. The drunkle. Yeah. I think when he was like acting silly and drunk was like in specifically in that time, no one was thinking, Hey, this guy has a problem. Right. So, so you are kind of laughing. It's probably only until he hits, um. Alex. Alex, or he yells at Alex that, you know, you're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't laugh. <laughs> maybe. But that guy was so, that kid was so annoying. Yeah, I mean, listen, he deserved what he got. <laughs> I'm not saying you should hit your nephew when you're hammered, but if you do, make it Alex. Oh, I was talking about Dudley. No, I'm just... <laughs> oh, trying to hit it with Dudley. Oh, I don't Um... Yeah, Mash. I don't know. I love Mash. I love Alnalda especially, but I love all the characters. It was like it was for whatever reason. Like Mash was so liberal. It was so liberal, and as Alnalda was more and more in charge, it got even more liberal. And mm. but for whatever reason, like it, we would sit around as a family and watch it. Like it was. I don't know. Yeah. It was. I don't know if it's just because it was funny. And my dad had been in the army, so he thought the whole like. Uh, viewpoint that the army the, that the army was horribly run and ridiculous like he yeah. liked that so i don't yeah i don't know it's funny i think well the 70s had a lot of progressive shows yeah i mean uh, you start to have like you know your mary tyler moore your the mod where you know with the like the abortion episode um they had an episode of mash that was the aired in the 70s that where they had a a gay soldier who mm. um wasn't going to be allowed to go back to his unit after he was after he was recovered even though he was like a decorated soldier and they the doctor stood up for him and got him back yeah i mean you know these topics are not new to today but it's it's actually always to me uh, astonishing like how you know history constantly repeats itself and and the cultural struggles constantly repeat itself but um the 70s seemed to be ripe for a lot of um television cultural television and then the 80s comes with reagan and whitewashes it all right it's like the 1950s redux (laughs) yeah exactly so you know i i i was listening to a podcast a historical podcast about the roaring 20s and it was amazing how much we're facing the same things mm. um, today. You know, a, a, like a, a total um, progressive cultural push forward. Um, you know, starting like with the you know the Nineteenth Amendment, where women, not all women, but uh, more, you know, women get the right to vote, uh, except for black women in the South, um, and then. Mm you know, you start having um, a big migration of African-Americans to inner cities and you have jazz and you have all this. And then, of course, what happens whenever you have all this is always the the conservative backlash. And it's kind of, you know, so much of what we're facing now. Yeah. It's 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 just sad because it's like, Jesus Christ, we're never going to get off this fucking loop. What's what's the- I mean, I always I would like to think that it's a spiral. You know what I mean? Where Yeah. It's, it's I, like, I, that's a good way to look at it. I yeah, I appreciate that. 
you know, you go you go backwards, but then maybe the next loop is bigger. Right. Like 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 one of those straws. <laughs> one of those straws. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the twirly straw. The twirly straw. Like you, like it's like you're like, but you're sucking milkshake out of it. So like the end is final final progress, right? <laughs> but like it's <laughs> like all right, we go here, and then you okay, like a really <laughs> thick milkshake. <laughs> right. And then you have an aneurysm because you suck <laughs> And then you die. <laughs> the end. Milkshake. <laughs> um, I watched I watched a show last night that um is felt weirdly timely uh and also disturbing and then in but like timely for it being October and you know Halloween ish time and um it was it's this new spin off on Showtime of um from their Penny Dreadful series. Did you ever watch the original? Penny That's Dreadful? the one with what's his face? Um Josh, Josh Hartnett. It was yeah. really dreadful. Uh I really couldn't watch it. And then I think they had Eva Green on it. Yeah, I and, love her so much. And as pretty as she is, uh it still was really a hard to watch. <laughs> and this one yeah. has what's her name, right? Mm, I don't know. The the more more specifics. Uh she's blonde, she's British. Oh, from yeah. Game of Thrones. Oh, she was in Game of Thrones? Yeah, they, she's the smirking whore from High Garden or something like that. She I think she's really pretty too cuz she kind of looks like like a, a muppet like Miss Piggy a little bit. Hilarious. Um but she, even I yeah, I think I've seen, I think I saw the this is this is the first season or second season of this? Uh first. Okay. It was I think yeah. it was hard to watch for me too. I knew her from um this so the this new one is called Penny Dreadful City of Angels and it's set uh just like a year or so before the start of World War II in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and yeah, she, this is not helpful that we're not saying who this woman is. I knew her from the, um, God damn, I almost said the, to kill a mockingbird, the, Henry the hunger, the... the hunger games. Yes. And she's also in the, the tutors, the tutors, <laughs> the tu- tu- tutors. <laughs> Natalie Dormer. Yeah. It's funny. Her aunt is actually from the original Avengers show. Oh yeah. She's. The lady. <laughs> okay. I forgot her You name. don't have any specific nouns today. No, no, no. It's the woman that Uma Thurman played when they remade that movie with Ray Fiennes. Oh, okay. But I can't remember the name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, all guys, right. you guys look it up. <laughs> look it up. You've got the internet. We know you do because you're listening to this. Um. So what's this show about? Because I oh, do yeah, remember yeah, trying yeah. to watch this and I, I, I did not watch it. Um, it is about, um, there's, it, it's sort of, it's a, it's basically about racism in Los Angeles towards, um, the Latino population or they, they call themselves Chicano at that time. Yes. And he, the kid is from a Mexican family going to be a, he's a cop, right? Yeah. He's the first detective on the LAPD and his partner is Nathan Lane um who is uh i don't is playing a jewish guy he may be jewish in real life i'm not sure um who is like keeping an eye with on the uh these nazis who are there in la like they're trying to it's it's like he's got this like old people scooby-doo gang (laughs) where they're trying to um control these nazis um and there's like it 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 talks about the development of um like how the gangs developed in LA um there's also so so that Natalie Dormer um <laughs> plays a character who uh is i guess is a demon or a god but she she can transform into take on any appearance that she wants Okay. And so she plays multiple characters in the show, which is kind of cool. Um and then there's also there's another god uh figure that is called Santa Muerte. Have you ever heard of that? Saint Dead? 
Yeah. No. Apparently, I I looked it up, and apparently, like it's uh it's a goddess that is is very popular in Mexico right now. Um, <laughs> in fashion, she's she's in vogue. Yeah, yeah, she is. It's okay. uh it it's the it's a goddess that um uh when people die takes them takes them to the afterlife, and so she's a a goddess of protection and um but. It's so like the the kid who's the cop, his mother is a big devotee of mm-hmm. Santa Muerte. Gotcha. Um, and but she's kind of useless sometimes, like because she's just like, oh no, something horrible happened to you and you're dead. I don't care. Wait, you know, wait until I get there to take you. Yeah, exactly. She literally says. Well, like she literally DMV. says to the mother. <laughs> When she's praying, if your if your legs caught in the bear trap, you better chew it off yourself. Yeah. Um, wow. She's not but nice. it's it, it's not nice. Um, but I don't know. It was more. It was more. It, I actually turned it on last night because I was like, this show's not good, and I'm not going to stay <laughs> up too late. But then it sucked me in. I mean, it's it's literally a show called Penny Dreadful, so it's going to be pulpy. Yeah. It just is. Um, but but I kind of liked it. Okay. I mean, I'm going to watch the rest of it for sure. Are you? Oh, yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Are you watching anything or are you just, you just trying to survive out there? Just trying to survive. Uh, have I seen anything? Um, I have not. I... No, I have not. Okay. I Fair have... enough. Yeah. I wish You've I been did. busy. I've been busy. I thought I saw <laughs> something, but I didn't. So it would be a lie. <laughs> it turns out it was all a dream. It was all. I've been having some vivid dreams. Uh, oh yeah. I'm not gonna go into them because I hate oh, people who no. talk about their dreams. But um, oh, I don't nice. hate people who talk about their dreams. I just think that like I don't think people need to hear my dreams. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, for someone who usually does don't, I usually don't remember my dreams. I've been like remembering my dreams, and it's been. Well, uh, have I? Because I can't remember them now. But um, no, but it's been really weird to have like so many like different dreams lately. Yeah. Do you feel disturbed by it or? No. Or is it just the thing where you wake up and it feels like you've been doing something? I've just been so busy in my dreams. <laughs> can't catch a break. <laughs> Do you remember back at the beginning of the of lockdown where everybody was having weird dreams? No. No. It felt like it felt like being in the stand. Mm. Is that like a dreamy thing? Yeah, they all dream of everybody uh, who survives the plague dreams of either this old woman or the scary guy. And depending on who you dream of, that's that's who you go to when they like coalesce into new communities. Okay, with just survivors. Seems like a lot um, of work. Yeah, it is. Like you either go to Portland or Las Vegas. Portland's the old lady. Yeah. No figures. <laughs> yeah, they didn't start there, but they had. To, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to recap the stand <laughs> right now. A twelve hundred page book. Twelve hundred page book. Go. Um. But uh, speaking of recaps, no one was. Uh, our friend Deirdre sent me an email after listening to last week's episode. Um. And she was saying that uh, she like remember we talked about the telegram, yeah. How like goofy it seemed to us that mm-hmm. um, that Sam sends Diane a telegram. Yes, and she says, but we were talking about like how did how did it work? Yeah, and she, or like when why did you do it? And she says it was if the other party didn't have a phone. Okay, and then someone would come to your house exclamation point um when i was a kid my dad would send me one for good luck at my dance recitals very exciting during the second world war parentheses i wasn't there oh thank god i was like wow Um, (laughs) and even as late as vietnam you didn't want to see that western union guy on your block everyone with someone in the army would shit a shark yeah (laughs) and then uh we were emailing more later and she said that it was her mother who used the phrase shit a shark in real life to her young children. Which was also reminds me of the Saturday Night Live skit with the candygram. Yeah. Land shark. <laughs> Land shark. Oh, but thank 
Thank you, Deirdre, for listening, for always being a supporter of the podcast. And that's awesome. I know. Uh, that is awesome. But it's it's kind of also creepy, too, because it's like that means that somebody from Western Union would have to find you. Yeah. Wasn't that used in Back to the Future? I think so. Well, I mean, you used to just be able to send you used to be able to send mail just to the post office in like and then they would they would figure it out and deliver it. Yeah, I guess it wasn't as busy. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah there were there just were not as many people yeah and like cause there was like five phone numbers right it was like oh oh one oh yeah oh, <laughs> i mean i don't think you could do that like in new york or beijing or you know wherever like but if you send it to like say my hometown they could they could deliver it so like when you drive to your hometown it says population six no we were we were actually pretty big we had seventeen thousand. okay that's like my block. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. When you really think about it, like what Queens and Queens has about 200 plus thousand and Brooklyn has like 200 plus thousand people. In total? No, 200 million. I'm sorry. Jesus. Oh, no. oh uh, yeah. I was like, oh, you're no, two million. What, what is wrong with me? Two I don't million. Know. Two mi- yeah. my, my, I think my zip code has about 100 plus thousand. Right. 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 Yeah. I think Brooklyn's four million. No, Brooklyn can't be four million, is it? Pretty sure Brooklyn would be the. Um, I know it's the largest population. Third or fourth, for third or fourth largest city in the country, if it weren't part of New York City. No, because it's like nine million people in New York, isn't it? Uh, about two million, or close to two million each. I'm gonna look it up. Oh, right it's this uh, two point five nine. Yeah. Well, it only gave us a million and a half more than we have. It's you know, it's uh, tax numbers. <laughs> <laughs> what are you claiming? Oh, in Queens. Okay, so Brooklyn would be America's fourth largest city. Queens would be the fifth. Okay. By population. So Yeah, I know that I know Queens and Brooklyn have like the most freaking people. Like yeah. it's just a lot of people. Sitting here. Sitting here on the dock of the bay. So wasting time. Do you have a new memory? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Um. Oh, we went to uh went to Juniors and had dinner the other night. Um, the Juniors on Flatbush because Meryl got a new job, so we went to celebrate. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good what about her. you? I bought a waffle maker and made waffles. <laughs> it was fun. What kind of did you put any any extra or were they like? It, fillings or anything no or? not yet I'm, I'm starting off slow oh okay you don't want to yeah i just wanted to see how the whole thing works i you know i just had a bug on my ass so i wanted waffles yeah and i was like you know what egos <laughs> <laughs> i i saw an interview the other day where somebody asked it like a random question which was if you did um fuck mary kill but with pancakes, French toast, waffles, mm. what would you do? Well, I, hold on a second. I got to write this down. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Mary. Kill. All right. Ooh. All right. You, mm. All right, you kill waffles. Cause I'm not mm. that big of a fan of waffles, although I did buy a, a contraption for it. <clears throat> yep. I'm with you on that one. Hmm. I think I fuck wa- uh, French toast because I love French toast and mm-hmm. I want to keep the lust in play. Mm-hmm. And then you marry pancakes because it's always there; it's always around. Mm-hmm. And, and when you know, they're good, they're great. And when yeah, it's like when they're yeah, not always going to be great. Sometimes yeah. they're going to be boring, but exactly. when they're good, they're great. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Oh my god, this is why we're friends because <laughs> you have given the correct answers. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I I love French toast, so I want to keep that love alive. Right? It's, why would you marry it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> everybody have a great week. Eat some French toast. Have some pancakes. If, if you if you bought a waffle maker, have a waffle. Have a waffle. I don't really want to kill a waffle. I just, you know, 
That's yeah. such a weird game, though, when you think about it. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what... Oh, somebody, because they were trying to be nice and not, not terrible, they... Uh, oh, what is it? It was It was something... It was Mary Boff bench. <laughs> so they're like, we're not going to kill the third person. We're going to bench them. Mm. But it's a fun game to play with inanimate objects. Yeah, because it doesn't seem so crude. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's always a good car game. Like, be like Golden Girls, fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> you know? Mm. And that's obviously taking Sophia out. Because she would be a kill automatically. Sophia's the uh, Estelle Getty? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you have to stick with the girls of Golden Girls. Why? Was she a golden lady or a golden woman? I think so. Well, yeah, because she's the mother. Oh, uh, okay. You're supposed to believe that she crapped out B. Arthur somehow. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> looks like a giant next to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well... I hope you have a less. Uh, a, I have. I hope you have a week next week in which you can form new memories. I hope so too. In which you can watch shows or have some type of enjoyment in your life. And this is my wish, not just for you, Armando, but for the listeners as well. This is like a good come down from you know an intense <laughs> workout. <laughs> this is if I were if I this, this is like Peloton, but yeah, um, yeah. But for podcasting, what I'm doing right now. This is like when I do my quarterly Apple Fitness uh, exercise. <laughs> they 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 sound exactly the same. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed this workout. <laughs> and they also do like the uh, sign language, like you know, like the thing with your chin and your heart, and it's it's touching. But what? you know, like um, when people they they like kind of sign things. Like uh, one of them is something with your chin or your heart. I don't know. I don't know what they mean, but they're, they're, they seem endearing. That sounds patronizing. I shouldn't say that, but they. they wait, wait, seem... are you talking about American Sign Language? Yeah, like the um, the exercise uh, instructors will do, like you know, like a goodbye, like you know, glad you were here, and they'll like sign, like um, like encouraging or like you know, uh, grateful like signs. Oh. Like you know, saying thank you or something along those lines, and like okay. you know. And, you know, it seems like, you know, truly genuine. Um, I don't even know where I was going with this. It just started with you repeatedly saying your chin or your heart. Yeah, chin heart. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to go with that chin heart. You're like, you know, your chin or your heart. Your chin heart. Yeah, your chin heart. Oh, well, I hope someone touches their chin heart to you this week. Not too tough, though. (laughs) Yeah, but with gratitude. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to like ruffle up your chin hard too much. Yeah, not in sector four. Not in sector four. In sector four, it's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what else? We have to give our our standard patronizing advice. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. And and stop wearing. You know, stop, start stop wearing a cloth mask. It's maybe time to start going more surgical. Or surgical undercloth. Or 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 uh, maybe like, you know, a layered cloth actually. That's what I really mean to say. Yeah. Don't God put it don't put a t shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Oh, what are we gonna do next week? We haven't decided. It's it's me. Well, I'll let it's everybody you. know. Um just so, he'll send he'll send you a telegram, guys. Don't worry. What's gonna happen is sometime in the middle of the week, I just want everyone to stop what they're doing and just just meditate and you'll feel my you'll get the information you need oh wow we'll all connect in the universe is what i'm saying that's lovely i touched my chin to my heart chin heart cool (laughs) all right goodbye. goodbye